Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your SummerSlam 2023 predictions, your Great American Bash recap, G1, nights 10, 11, and 12, all sorts of AEW stuff, that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. The real world champion. <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Nagy, a.k.a. Dick Hand Dyke, and sitting <laughs> directly across from me, <laughs> coughing out some menthols into a, right into the microphone. We have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? God damn, that just, just caught me off guard, man. Should I, I made sure I took the hit. Not even smoking a cigarette. It was just like you said that somebody punched me in the gut and shit. That's it. it just caught me on guard. Funny as fuck. Usual uh, comedy of sorts to kick off the show. And on that lovely note, I'll just ask for congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 319, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good spark saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity at BFR. Like Bill and I said last week on the way out the door, talking about the G1, you know, what's to come up. And I was like, you know, it's only three days this week. He's like, light work. It was. It is light work. <laughs> last week we had five. Next week we have five and SummerSlam recap. Uh, and out there in Portland, Oregon, we have three beers. Zach Coleman, what's going on? Three beers. BFR West is out. Man, as soon as you said that, a.k.a. Dick and Dyke, I just imagined a lesbian who had a dick for a hand. <laughs> And all the struggles that she would have to go through in her life. Yeah, um, like a Saturday Night Live, like like Mr. Short Term Memory or something. <laughs> the dick hand dyke. <laughs> absolutely terrible. But uh, no, it did. It felt like I'm glad I was super busy this week, but I there was a couple points where I woke up and I'm like, what? I felt ripped off. I'm like, no fucking G1. I'm telling you, that's what I said to Jason when he was leaving last week. I was like, yeah, we have it. Like, man, I kind of wish there was one tomorrow that I could watch, you know. So, yeah, we are, we, you know, we talk about the grind that is G1, and we're through the grind part. We only have the fun stuff to talk about. Now, I mean, we had fun talking about the first nine days of it. Now we're talking about winners and losers and stuff like that. We're going to be recapping. Next week we'll have everything except for the semifinals and the finals to talk about. And then the week after that we can talk about the winner of the G1. So that's all sorts of fun stuff. I, quick, uh, we're coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. Um, I told Bo this week he was kind of like, what do you want for an AKA? Do you want a theme? And my brother's fiance had a kid on monday so i am a new uncle my brother jacob and his lovely fiance brinley had little vivian ray so little vivi uh we got vivi ray and her my daughter is edna may so we got all sorts of them hey reba no fucks like our age named brinley i thought that was like a young like i thought that was a more modern kind of I think she was. She must have been the first one because she's thirty. <laughs> wow, she's thirty-seven, thirty-eight, something like that. I mean, okay, I, 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 okay. I don't want to. I don't want to blow up her spot or anything. But I mean, yeah, she. Yeah, her name is Bradley. Actually, my, I, I hesitate to even say anything because saying anything about somebody's name is so rude because it's like it's your name, but it was just. 
it's, it's like uh, actually, it's like, my, you know, my, being introduced to like a, an infant named Walter. Yeah, no, actually, my brother lives in Utah. She is a she's married to a twelve year old girl. Um, so. <laughs> Tons, tons of wrestling to get to this weekend. All right, tons of wrestling to get to this week. We might as well get it going with that. Three counts. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. I'm not even going to say what I I just saw right there. I'm just going to pretend like I didn't even see anything at all. So on that lovely note, Mike, it is time for you to start to fast-forwarding because we are going to talk G1's night 10, 11, and 12, night 10, starting on the 30th of July. Um, really, this is these are the three matches, the three nights that I thought it, if there was a dip in the G1, this was kind of your dip in the G1. No really standout matches, at least as far as I can tell, just looking at it very quickly, but we'll break it down. Night 10, um, to me, the biggest match of the night was the draw between uh, Shingo and Tamatanga. I had that as my match of the night. Um, Shingo was kind of—I won't even say kind of—had been disappointing up to this spot, where I, I thought this was a a must-win for Shingo. Uh, quietly has kind of gone through the tournament, not making a lot of noise, but has taken a couple of uh, a hard couple of hard luck L's on the way. Him and Tonga had a nice little 20-minute draw. Thomas saying at one point, you know, I almost had you. Shingo saying the same. Um, I thought this was cool because, obviously, this is going to set up what's going to happen for later on and then next week leading into the final night of block play. From that point, to me, it was a bunch of really above-average matches. ZSJ defeating Shane Hayes, I thought, really stood out. This was the first time you had... TMDK facing each other. I thought this was probably the next best match of the night. And then in no particular order, you had a bunch of, like I said, pretty good matches. Winners in no order, like I said, David Finley, Yano, Eddie Kingston, Naito, Evil, and uh, Tanahashi in the main event over Goto, which was definitely one to kind of hold your breath on because this was two guys coming in banged up and a declining Tanahashi before our eyes. So it was definitely like, you know, if this, and I said on Twitter, if this makes it to 15 minutes, I would be very, very surprised. When I was watching that match, I was trying to decide which one was Walter Matthau and which one was Jack Lemon. Uh, Zach, what did you think about this? What did you think about night 10 of the G1? Block scene. Yeah, it was. But, Actually, like I like Tadashi and Goto maybe more. Uh, it Tadashi, you know, while to like kind of get settled on the top rope, but we we got like aces high, we got high fly flows like out the ass. Um, they were working hard and uh, definitely worthy of the main event. But um, yeah, the draw Tomatonga Shingo was, was probably the most uh, you know kind of dynamic match of the night and the one that really stood out in memory. And I like the the interaction, you know. The TMDK wrestling TMDK is pretty neat because that's something that you get in the G1 and like uh, BOSJ that and even like New Japan Cup where you don't see that otherwise because like faction members don't wrestle faction members. Um, it just doesn't doesn't happen except in these tournaments. So it adds a little bit of a, a layer. Um, Mikey Nichols and Eddie Kingston, I thought they might go a little harder, but it was like they went pretty hard, but it was like less than ten minutes. But um, 
and uh, <laughs> Orianu, uh giving Jeff Cobb his loss. Like you go in there and you're just like, oh man, it can happen. Uh, it it absolutely happened, and just like imagine like just in kayfabe, just being terrified of losing to this guy, and it just happening, and you just like shit the bed. Uh, that makes it so funny to me. Uh, Yano was almost like post kayfabe at this point. Like it's like so, <laughs> it's so ridiculous that he beat Jeff Cobb. Like Jeff Cobb, they didn't even tell a story about Jeff Cobb being like worn down or injured or anything. Yano just outsmarted the motherfucker. Like kayfabe doesn't even like exist. In his head. Was very much so thinking about Jason Bell when that happened. That uh, that tickled me. Um, I have ZSJ versus Shane Haste as my favorite match of the night, but Shingo and Tamatonga was also really good. Eddie Kingston, you know, quietly having a pretty good G1. Uh, probably a little bit better than I expected. I think last week I said as expected. I would say now it's a little bit better than I expected, if I'm being honest. Um Go to Tanahashi. I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like it very much. I. I think that Tanahashi is, man. I mean, how many more G ones does he have? One. Yeah. Um. But you know, I like both those guys. But it's like, what kind of fucking main event is that? That's your main event. I was like, Godo and Tanahashi is the main event. Given what? What year is it? Well, given what you have to offer. I don't think you have a lot of options. Shingo uh, Tamatonga is your other op- other option. Yeah, I guess you can't have ZSJ versus Shane Haste, or but I mean, still, yeah, I know it's a tough one. Maybe Caviano as your main event. Why are you trying to piss me off so early? I, just, I, I don't understand. <laughs> Why do, I, what did I do to you? I mean, did, did I not come in and I not say what's up? You yeah, know, you did. I, I didn't. Did. I, I didn't go back yeah. and say you know hello to the ladies, but I figured they were you know doing oh, their yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it was bedtime. Okay, um, there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I would not put Yano in the main event. Thank you, God <laughs> damn. Unless the main event is Goto and Tanahashi in 2023, <laughs> then I probably would. Uh, what about night? What about night eleven, Jason? Um. Night 11, uh, starting August 1st, uh, back to A and B block action. Um, to me, the biggest standout match was the the two young guns, uh, Yoto Suji and Shoto Umino in the semifinal match. To me, this was the match of the night. This felt like a little, little similar to what we had uh, in the, the previous night, night 10. But then it started to pick up a little bit with uh, Gabriel Kidd versus Sonata. Uh, we showered Gabriel Kidd last week. He did nothing to change my mind this week. Um, Kento Okada was good, not great. Uh, I thought Great Okan and uh, Yoshihashi was a, a really good match. Uh, great Okan coming off the side of the, uh, the Mill Carden for a little bit to to help come out and have a good match and actually get a dub out of it. Um from there, then you had, like I said, in no particular order, winners. Uh, Hikaleo beats Kaito Kiyomita in a little bit of a surprise, but Hikaleo has been hot lately. I think this is his third win in a row coming up to this point. So he's in the mix for the one of the two semifinal blocks or semifinal spots in the uh, the A block to advance. Um, Renarita beats Chase Owens. He I believe that's his first win in the G1. A bunch of draws couple of L's, but that's his first win over Chase Owens. ELP beats Tai Chi, put a little star on that. That could be KOPW ramifications moving forward. Um, 
Tungle upsets Will Ospreay. We'll just put that aside for 30 seconds. And then, like I said, the main event, Kenta and Okada. Okada goes over. Let me jump back to the Will Ospreay um, loss by a count out. I said it last year, and I'm not going to take it, and I'm not going to go away from it. That is a lazy, lazy, lazy way to fucking book. I could care less if Will Ospreay loses. I get it. It's the G1. You're going to get the upsets. This was an upset. This is just a lazy way to fucking do it, okay? That's, it wasn't like it was Tongalo was whooping his ass and then left him out there. That's kind of what I was saying about the Yano Cobb match. It was like, wait a minute. There is no way I had Tongalo. That would have been my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. What do you think about that, Jay, or Zach? Yeah, it is a way to protect. It seemed like a very like WWE thing. Like, oh, we want to protect this guy, but we're not gonna, we're not going to come up with like a real story as to like why it happens or make it make sense. We're just gonna do it. I would, I would not have had him lose to Tagaloa. Well, you, you're well documented that he's one of the people you would want out and have Tom Longer in. So I can kind of get that. Okay, just. The, he just doesn't have it. Okay, completely fair. I'm not even worried about, you know, him having it. To me, just the match itself just doesn't – it's not enough for me to be like, okay, Will Ospreay, after all he's gone through, the Kenny Omegas and all this other shit, this is how he's going to lose a match and a right. count out? Yeah, I know. Come on, dude. Stop. It felt like a waste of time going in because I did not expect Osprey to lose at all. And then the, the count out, even though that reversed the decision, it still felt like it wasted my time. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what do you think about the rest of the night? I'm sorry. Was there anything else? What do you think about the rest of the night, Zach? Uh, yeah, Umino versus Suji was great. I think we had talked earlier about maybe them drawing all the the three musketeers, but um, that did not happen. Uh, this, this was definitely the match of the night. Uh, really surprised to think of Leu. Um, you know, he's still, I don't know, they're presenting him, you know, they're giving him more of a push than I thought uh, in this G1. They should. But, uh, Damn. Yeah, I get it. I'll take I'm back saying, my worst just... luck folly joke from a couple weeks ago. I'll take it back. <laughs> yeah, well, come I'm on. taking it back. No, I, as far as I'm sorry, you don't have to take it back. I still need to see more. They have set that bar very high for Hikaleu, and now they're all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We did. We created this whole storyline for him, and then we kind of cooled him off, jobbed him out to Kenta. But he retired Jay White. I mean, he just retired Jay White. And Baron Corbin retired Kurt Angle. What's your point? That that they're, well, man, who do you like better, Baron Corbin or Hikaleo? Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay, nice. Um, go ahead, Zach. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Kento Okada was fine. Uh, we didn't get the same Kento that we saw versus Osprey, even though Okada's one of the best. I, I felt like we just got kind of lazy Kenta. It was all right. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. I get it. You know, he he doesn't want to fuck with Okada early, but then I didn't I was, didn't I didn't hate it at all. I mean my second favorite Kenta match. No. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> That's saying some shit. <laughs> That's saying some shit. Um, it, well Kenta Osprey was better. 
Yeah, yeah. But so this that is was the a second Kent, best one. That was a Kenta match that he seemed invested in. This seemed like more of a, I'm trying to get under Okada's skin, and then finally, when he makes a mistake, that's when he takes advantage. And then, of course, you have the usual fuckery with the kendo stick um, at a later point, and that's just you know what we just feel. At least I'll speak for myself the way I feel. When I see Kenta, that's what I expect to see, some sort of fuckery. So in that aspect, it was the usual Kenta, but it was still a pretty good match. To me, it was the second, maybe third best match of the night. Uh, I'm starting to think I've hit my Chase Owens ceiling. I think he should do color commentary and not be in the ring. I don't know. it's, It's not like he makes anybody else look good. He doesn't really have good offense. He's kind of funny sometimes. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I think it's tough because uh, he's like a good hand, but like, if they're all about like using their own guys, but they have like this huge thing, this huge thirty-two block or thirty-two man field, and there's so many guys like in your in your head that you would much rather have than like a Chase Owens. I mean, yeah, there's a few. Um, This was my favorite Sonata match of the tournament. Um, and that's saying something, saying that he was in there with all those young guys. Gabe Kidd's a young guy, too, and he definitely didn't want to be forgotten about, and yep. <laughs> he he's had a great G1. Really, I don't know if I see a future as a single star anytime soon, but um, I'm way into the War Dogs. Yeah, more so than I was coming into the G1. I, yeah. I would totally agree with that. And TMDK as, would- a, as a tag team. I always like TMDK. I just think that the subtraction of, like Zach said last week, I think TMDK's spots were the Aussie Open spots. When Aussie Open left, TMDK took advantage of that, and they've and they've done nothing to say otherwise that they shouldn't be back next year if they're on the roster, if they're available to come over and play. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with them being a part of a another thirty-two uh, man G one next year. Um, I was very into Suji beating Shota Umino. Uh, if not for any other reason, then it seemed a little too easy if they were going to have them all have draws against each other. So Suji beating Shota uh, was a lot of fun. I loved his attitude. I loved the way Shota sold the lost. The loss, I'm sorry. And I love the way that Yoda Suji just tossed his ass out of the ring afterwards. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out, out of my ring. Like, God <laughs> that, damn. That was so good. Real big fan of that. So, yeah, I thought that was cool. Love Yoda Suji. God damn. I mean. Calm down. Calm down. Hard to be higher on a guy. <laughs> Calm down. He fucking rules, <laughs> man. I know. I know. I know. Trust me. I, I watched the match. I was just like, man, this dude is just. He's got it all. <sighs> He's got it all. Uh, okay. What about night 12? Um, night 12, this was yesterday. So I got to sneak this in yesterday morning before work. Or I'm sorry, after work last night. Apologize. Night of upsets. And it kicked off right off the bat. Alex Coughlin defeating the ace, Tanahashi in the curtain jerker. Tanahashi probably having uh, a bumpy G1 that we've kind of all to discuss, and this doesn't necessarily help his conversation for uh, next year's G1 or a year, a year after that, whatever the case may be. Alex Coughlin looked good, and this is one of those times where I, I was just like, you know, I, I felt bad for 
Alex Coughlin because it felt like this should be bigger. It should be, you know, more of a, like, you know, a, oh, shit moment. This, don't get me wrong. I was surprised, but it wasn't like I was like, oh, shit. You know, like when Ujiro beat uh, Tanahashi, it was like, oh, shit. Damn, this is some shit. When Ujiro beat uh, Kota Ibushi the year afterwards, I was like, oh, shit. This was just kind of was like, man, remember. wow. Ujiro. <laughs> to me, this was just like, wow, though. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know. You know, I always wanted Ujiro out of there, and now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, I kind of miss Ujiro. <laughs> he was good for an upset, and that's what the G1 is. It's great matches, and that you have the upsets that you don't see coming. If you said you saw this one coming, you're absolutely out of your mind. Um, Mikey Nichols upsets evil. I uh, won't say Yano upsets Shane Hayes, but if you want to go points-wise, you can go that route too. Hanari Ishii I thought was one of the best matches of the night. They just rang the bell and just let them jokers go. Goto, each, uh, Goto upsets uh, Jeff Cobb, so that's back-to-back losses for Jeff Cobb after going 4-0, 8 points total. He goes back-to-back losses, so... We'll talk about those ramifications here in a second. Eddie Kingston beats Tomatonga, and I thought that was a pretty good match. Uh, Naido beats GSJ. Uh, up and down, the roller coaster Naido drives me up the fucking wall. And then Shingo beats uh, David Finley in the main event. I thought this was the match of the night, especially when you had Shingo pretty much in the scenario of a win or go home portion of the program. You're facing David Finley, who's only had one loss coming to this point and has been booked ridiculously strong since he's been flipped to Bullet Club War Dogs and becoming the never open weight champion. He's been booked pretty strong. I thought this was going to be interesting to see how it's going to go. Shingo pulls this joker out. So for me, like I said, this to me, the whole night 12 was a night of upsets. Starting off the, at the top, like I said, with um, Coughlin defeating the ace. But to me, the biggest story coming out of it, Shingo staying alive in the main event, defeating David Finley. Second loss for David Finley, one against Tamatanga, and now this one against Shingo. So depending on how things play out, mark those two guys with stars against with uh, Shingo and Tamatanga, possible opponents for David Finley for the never open weight title. Zach, what you think of night 12? Uh, this was a really good night of wrestling. Good night to see one. Uh, just right from the, the opening bout with Tanahashi and Coughlin, like, the the finish to this was awesome. It was like he lifted him up like a vertical suplex, and, like, Tanahashi kind of, like, crumpled down to the ground, and then he just, like, deadlifted him up from the ground into a jackhammer. I was like, oh, my God. It was um, pretty impressive. That was really cool. He looked at Tanahashi uh, and he said, Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Threw him around like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, like Jason said, Night of Upsets, I'm really looking forward to putting on my uh, tinfoil hat here and like looking at all the tiebreakers and stuff after this night. Um, didn't have time to beforehand to like do, do the prep. Um, but yeah, fun matches. Uh, Tomatonga and Eddie Kingston fighting over whose theme song sounds more like DMX. So it's pretty good. Um, Naito and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, was just like start to finish, like a sprint, and I loved it. Um, hard to say between that and the main event what what was better. I think I like Naito Zack better, but maybe it's just because I like those guys so much. 
uh, and uh, like them so much together. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, good night. You, you know, like I loved Nido ZSJ, like fucking loved it. They they're man, I watched it three times where Zack Saber kind of like backed Nido up to the ropes and like act like he was gonna pat his chest, and he shoved his face and he goes, "Dickhead." I was like, oh, and Nido got all pissed off. Man, I loved it. Those guys have really, really great chemistry. Um, uh, Shingo Finley fucking ruled. I really liked Kingston and Tamatanga. I wish I had more jokes about the G1 right now, but I don't. This was the best night of the three uh, by uh, probably a large margin for me. Um, Large Marge. R.I.P. Paul Rubens. Uh, Hanari Ishii was fun. Yano Haste was real fun. Uh, I hate evil. Just fucking hate him. I'm glad Mikey Nichols beat him. <laughs> and Alex Coughlin versus Tomatonga. Also very cool. We <laughs> talked about that. So, just to round up, we got five nights, five more nights of I have G- the, uh, of the G1 matches. Um, you ask. Oh, I was going to go through the blocks and just say uh, who's. I mean, Sonata's got 12, and then we got three guys with six and two guys with five. Okay, so stop right there. So August 5th is the A block uh, last night. Matches for the A block, final night. You have Shota Umino versus Hikaleu, so that's got implications. Ren Narita versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Kaito's probably going to have to win. Yes. Chase Owens, Sonata, block. And then Yoda Suji versus Gabriel Kidd. That's just that's just probably just going to be a banger because Gabriel Kidd is going to tr- jump out of the ceiling and attack so Yoda Suji off the jump. So really, um, you have the two matches: Shota Umino, Hikaleu, and Kaito Kiyomiya versus Renneria as I guess for the the two so, matches for the last spot. So not as definitely in the two matches for the last spot. I'm just going to ask you guys. I just want a two word answer from you. Who else comes out of the block, A block? Go ahead, Three Beer. Uh, a block. Uh, he and me is an A block, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jason? I'm not I'm not wavering. Yeah, Key and me. I, I had written the read that he's not going to make it. Um, Man, none of these guys. <sighs> I guess I'll go Shota. I, I had Renderita picked at the very beginning. I'll go show it just to go different from you guys. All right, uh, what about the B block? Final matches for the B block. This is August 6th, so August 5th, uh, A block. August 6th, B block, final matches. Tai Chi versus Great Okan. Okada versus Tongaloa. ELP versus Will Ospreay. And Yoshihashi versus Kenta. So we can eliminate that. Will Ospreay's in a, a a win scenario. He's probably going to have to win just to make sure he gets a spot. Okada is, I believe, at 10 points now, so yeah. he's leading. Yes. So Okada's in. Okada's in, so you would have the the Will Ospreay match, and if I'm not mistaken, Tai Chi is at six points, and he holds yep, the, and he's got the win over Will Ospreay. Ospreay. So, yeah, those are the two matches right there. Tai Chi... Great Okan, I would assume Tai Chi would win to put the pressure on um, Will uh, Will Ospreay. If you go this route, um, and this would be another upset, um, Okada would have to lose to Tongaloa, which I would that would be the the upset of the tournament at this point. Okada lose, Will Ospreay wins. Then you have a tie at the top of the block. Will Ospreay would win the B block. I don't see that happening. 
I got Okada winning, still winning the block, and Will Ospreay being the uh, the runner up, twelve points, ten points respectively. That's exactly what I have. Uh, what do you have, Zach? Uh, yeah, same. That's what I had since the very beginning. All right, block C. Same thing with Sonata and Kiyomiya. Like I'm doing pretty good so far as long as things <laughs> work out. Stop block, shooting your horn already. Block C. There are five guys and there are two blocks, so it's a lot Guess of ramifications. Just five, just uh, five Jason, guys. Please let us know what's going on in Block C. So C Block is going to be August 8th, uh, D Block August 9th. So we'll have a, a day off in between the two um, A and B Blocks and then C and D, 8th and 9th, respectively. C Block, you have Eddie Kingston versus David Finley. Both guys are in it. If I'm not mistaken, they're both tied at the top of the block with eight points. That's right. So, that's basically a, a probably a win and end scenario for the winner there, depending on uh, tiebreakers and all that other good stuff. Uh, Shingo versus Evil. Evil is the third person at the top of the block with eight points. Shingo, I believe, now is at seven. So this is another uh, match. Shingo that, spoils Evil there. He owes Evil a receipt. If I'm not mistaken, Evil beat Shingo last year to keep him out of the uh, – to advance into the last year's G1, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tomatonga, Aaron Hanare. Tomatonga is at seven points. So this is a must win for Tomatonga, even though it's against Aaron Hanare. This should be interesting because we've been talking about Aaron Hanare, you know, dedicating himself to the tattoo on his face. This would be a nice little upset if it happens. And then Mikey Nichols versus Tomohiro Ishii being the final match. This is just going to be ring the bell and let them go. So realistically, you have three matches. Um, Eddie Kingston, David Finley, the winner is probably in. The loser is probably out. And then Shingo, Evil, Tomatonga, and Aaron Hanar are the matches to watch in C-Block. So who do you got? Uh, Still have it the way I thought it would be. Finley is going to beat uh, Eddie Kingston, so he should win the block. And then from there, I'm sorry, not sorry, I'm going to be in the LIJ mark at this point. I'm going to take Shingo to that janky little tie is going to help him out here. He beats Evil. Hanari somehow beats Tamatanga, and that's how you get Shingo to advance. David Finley won Shingo too. Uh, Zach, who you got? I would love that. That's exactly how I have it, actually, too, because I don't want to deviate from my original thing, and also I think it makes sense. Um, Hanari's only got four points, and I think he'll have a better showing than that when it's all said and done. I don't think he'll be, you know, stuck down there at four. I can't believe out of everybody in the entire 32 you're stealing it. You're, you're stealing it. You're stealing it. You're going to say Tamahiro Ishii's the only one with two points. Yep. I knew it. Unbelievable to me. I, He's I, the best I know. guy in the world. I was whole just getting ready to say that. Oh, man, I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to stick with what I had also going into it, which was David Finlay to win and Tamatanga uh, coming out as the runner-up in Block C. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch. And D-Block, Jason. Um, D-Block, like I said, that's August 9th. You have um, Tanahashi versus Naito. I believe both are now at six points. Six points, yeah. Uh, Naito's has eight. Eight, okay. So Naito, Naito ZSJ, and uh, Jeff Cobb are all at eight. 
Tanahashi at six. So this is basically and Goto at six. Okay, this is basically a must win for the ace. If Naito wins, depending on how they set this up, um, Naito could go through as the D block winner or the runner up. We'll just have to see how it kind of plays itself out. Goto has his own problems. He has to face ZSJ. So this is a must win for Goto. It's a must win for ZSJ. Anybody Who's Naito fighting? Naito and Tanahashi are, are wrestling oh. in one match. Both got to win. Just, Tanahashi has to win to stay alive. Naito has to win to at least make sure he can advance. Goto and ZSJ, same way, especially now with Goto at, at six points, same way, six versus eight. Um, Jeff Cobb versus Shane Haste. Jeff Cobb kind of weakened oil coming in, two losses in a row. Shane Hayes is one of the guys we kind of said that, you know, you probably don't want to be seeing right about now because he's a, a hot hand even though he's been he's had a loss coming into this match and then Yano versus uh, Alice Coughlin being the final match. So realistically, Ooh. three matches to really watch with uh, six points, Tanahashi versus eight points in Naido. Same thing with Goto and ZSJ. And the other match is Yano Coughlin. Give me that all day. <laughs> what is Yana going to try with him? Uh, and who knows? Maybe some tape? God forbid they pat this motherfucker down before he gets into the goddamn ring. <laughs> <way. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I just I, love I, listening to Yana matches. Yeah. He cracks me up. Uh, who you got, Zach? Um, I'm going to stick to it because it's so possible. So I'm going to have Naito and Zach. Um, I had Zach. Um, being at the top and then Naito being number two, but I think with him having the tiebreaker with with Naito beating Zach, then it actually flip flops my prediction, so it actually changes the match, like the semifinal match orders. Um, so that'll that'll change, but I still think those two are going to be the ones that come out. Um, I had Naito coming in first. So I have Nido Zach, um, and I'm going to stick with that. Also, that is going to do it. Anything else you guys want to say about the G1? We'll have five nights of G1 to cover next week. Along, We'll be like quite a ways into it. We'll be down to the final four by the time we see you next week, and we'll also have SummerSlam to talk about. It's going to be a big week of wrestling. Uh, that's every week. Let's get to that two count. Two beer. What's the two count? Two count. We can talk about some AE dub. Um, Rampage, as usual, skippable. There was uh, a battle royal for a tag team title shot that Big Bill and Brian Cage won. So that will have ramifications for the uh, for FDR because it was going to be the winner of FDR versus Adam Cole. Um, and we had that match, uh, so we could, might as well just talk about that because that was the most important thing on Collision, um, which was, uh, yep, uh, the main event, FTR versus MJF and Adam Cole. Pretty excellent match, uh, fun tag team match, but um, yeah, MJF and Adam Cole couldn't get it done, uh, and actually they pinned MJF, they pinned the champion, Zach Harwood pinned the AEW world champion, and um Man, the crowd was behind this. I was into it. I thought they should have changed the titles. I thought they were going to change the titles, but they didn't. Um, but we get more of the story where, you know, Gross MJF is about to 
turn on Adam Cole. And I said it weird. Like, I didn't mean, like, he, I meant he was going to turn on him, not he was going like, to turn him on. Um, that was weird. But uh, he uh, was going to hit him with the belt, and Adam saw him in the, in the Titantron, or whatever they call it in AEW, um, the, uh, the Tonytron. And uh, they, like, put his hands up, turned his back, and said, do what you got to do. But uh, he did not, and he was distraught about the loss. And um, they hugged it out. And uh, overall, pretty great storytelling. Very fun match. Um, really made this show kind of like a must-watch episode of AEW. I can't sit up here. And, uh, look, the fact that you said that you thought that MJF and Cole should have won just blows my mind. I can't. I can't let you just walk away and and say that and not have some sort of reaction to it. Look, I like MJF Why, and Cole. What's the argument? What's, what's the argument against it, though? I like MJF and Cole too, like anybody else. I'm the one guy that's probably the, the last of the three of us to come on board and be like, okay, um, you know, I like it. But I mean, it's a bigger picture than this. The bigger picture is Wembley. I. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Okay, go ahead. That's the bigger picture, okay? To me, that's the bigger picture. It's two things that I take away from this whole MJF, Adam Cole, baby thing. The angle itself, the lack of feud, that's going to be a feud here in a little bit. The number one thing is MJF doesn't get enough credit for being the great performer that he is. And the fact that he's doing this and making fans – see him as a a babyface-esque. I don't think he's a babyface. I'm just waiting for him to put the knife in Adam Cole's back, but that's another story for another time. People are cheering for him. And if you'd have told me six months ago people were cheering for MJF in July of 2023, I looked at you like, like you lost your goddamn mind. August of 2023, whatever. Same concept. All he's doing right now is just adding to his stock for whenever it's supposed to happen. If he's going to leave AEW, go to WWE or 2024. Okay, there you go. He just added to his stock. Number two, to me, this was never about MJF and Cole winning the titles. This was a way to – we always asked about what was going to be the main event at Wembley. You got 88 thousand people there you're gonna have to figure out what's the best match you could possibly have once you took will osprey and okada i'm sorry will osprey and omega off of the board now you're gonna have to come up with something that's going to be an emotional investment a ride the whole way through this is the next best thing. This is probably part of the reason why they did the Blind Eliminator Tournament, The part of the reason that they haven't broken up Cole and MJF to this point. This makes all sense. Playing, you know, Monday Night Quarterback, now looking back on it, it makes sense. So for me, it was never about them winning the tag titles. F- FTR is going to defend the titles against somebody at Wembley. It ain't going to be against MJF and Adam Cole, obviously. But there was no way on God's green earth that they were going to win the tag team titles on Saturday night. No I'll say, way. I'll say this. Well, here's, here's why I'm thinking this before, before sorry, Bill, uh, just counterpoint, is uh, the best part about wrestling that we often forget is that it is fake and you can do whatever you want. So it was never about them winning. But once it got really good, then 
you just have them win. And then what you know you can do, and it doesn't really diminish the titles at all because, I mean, they're fantastic teams, and we don't ever see this really either. You give them a two-week run, and then you have them do another rematch on Collision in two weeks, and then that's whenever they lose it, and it continues the storyline. And, like, you can pop a rating. You can, um, you know, build another must-see match on Saturday night. Because um, we have the luxury of, like, it being fake, and you can kind of do whatever you want, um, as opposed to, like, other sports where it's, like, <laughs> like you know, like boxing championships or MMA championships where right. you got to make a fight and, like, the real your guy could stuff. lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The stuff but, that's uh, you know, hey, man, I, Terrence I'm Crawford whipped that ass on Saturday night. I don't care what nobody say. I'm not, but yeah, I'm not saying they should, like, you know, have gone on to, like, win and, like, dominate the tag team division. But, like, I don't know. I just thought it might be fun for them to win and then lose it in a rematch on TV. And then that, can, that like, helps fuel the thing. I don't know. You sell a few more shirts. Um, you get some more people eyeballs on your product. You get, you get, you get pictures of them with the belt. Um, I don't know. I just thought it would be fun. That was a missed opportunity. I, I watched it live. The edible was kicking in. I miss, I misunderstood what was happening at the end. I thought that Adam Cole was trying to psych himself up to turn on MJF, and MJF was trying to psych himself up to turn on Adam Cole. I did not get that Adam Cole was standing in the corner being like, go ahead and do it. And um, Great television. Great television. Yeah, it wasn't very clear to – I guess maybe I'm an idiot. It just wasn't very clear to me oh, what no, was happening. Oh, I picked pretty immediately. Well, the, well, I guess for me, I had to rewind it, and I had to turn it up because I'm I'm watching it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then if you listen to it, he's just like, go ahead, do it. Just go ahead and do it. I know I you're going to do it. thought he was talking to himself. No. I thought he was talking – I told you the other bulls. Yeah, kicking in. like a motherfucker, Dude, um, half motherfucker, like half, these, these half other, before. I'm like half after. These other bulls, like <laughs> these other bulls, ain't shit. And then I turned into Mitch McConnell, just fucking staring straight ahead. But uh, <laughs> but uh, never fails, dog. You gotta get the edible a little time um, to kick the, in, boy. F. So I was watching it live. At no time did I ever think that MJF and Adam Cole were gonna beat FTR. It just didn't seem like that. My favorite part of the match, and I put this on Friends of BFR because we were talking about it on there on Facebook. Go ahead and find it, uh, Friends of BFR on Facebook. Uh, ask to get in, and we'll put you in. Um, I really thought that when MJF was going to all four sides of the crowd, and he had Dax Harwood on the ground, and he kept acting like he was going to kick him in the nuts, and then he spun him around 90 degrees, and then Dax Harwood made a mad dash for a rope break and then got up and smacked MJF really hard. I think that was a shoot. I think I think Dax Harwood was like, why are you making a fool out of me by making me struggle while you turn around to all four sides? Go back and watch it and tell me that Dax Harwood ain't actually pissed off at that. Uh, very fun. I loved it. What I'd like to talk about is, um, well, we had a ladder match that opened it up. That was Buddy Matthews versus Andrade. Uh, Zach, I'm taking over. Sorry. What do you think about that match, Zach? Uh, I thought it fucking ruled. I was, it, you know, it's just like, okay, we got a ladder match to open a show on a Saturday night. Like, this is a fucking party show. I mean, and, back uh, when we were doing NXT awesome. takeovers, we were, at some point, we were probably like, I'd love to see Buddy Matthews or Buddy Murphy versus Andrade. I mean, that shit fucking ruled. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was dare I say, a, uh, I won't say instant classic, but probably a fancy booking that we've done at some point in the past. Uh, they went hard for Andrade's mask, and the fact that uh, we still haven't seen 
House of Black versus LFI to me is so intriguing. Andrade won this chapter. The war is still coming because at some point, all six people are going to be in this a scenario in some form or fashion. You'll have trios championships on the line with basically no rules involved. And then at that point, that's when you're going to really see this shit get, get started. But this was a really that's good Wembley. That that's you think? yeah, that would make total sense. Roosh just uh, resigned or whatever. You bring Drillist to go in. You already got House of Black. That smells like Wembley. When it comes to Wembley, that sounds and, like a fucking amazing match, dude. When it comes to Wembley, I'm kind of just along for the ride because they always manage. They never, they fucked up a few pay per views. They might be on a little bit, you know, to use Jason's phrase, they might be leaking oil a little bit because the last couple our uh, pay per views haven't been great. At least the last one wasn't, um, but they usually it usually pulls together at the end, and they put on a great fucking pay per view. Forbidden Door fucking ruled, obviously. Um, there is a pay per view the very next week. <laughs> all in and all out are a week apart, which is fucking weird. Uh, Wild. What, what do you think about that, Jason? I mean, what do you th- how do you think that changes stuff like Adam Cole versus MJF? Are they going to have the turn at Wembley? I don't think they should do that. They got, you know, they got three more weeks of Honestly, television. To- I think the turn, you know, who turns on who happens before Wembley. So that way. That's what I think, too. I hope so. You you at least have some sort of queer heel face, you know, role going in. It's going to be Wembley. So Wembley's going to do whatever the fuck they want to do anyway. So ultimately, it doesn't matter. But to answer the question, I think a turn happens before the physical match itself. Uh, what else happens, Zach? All right. Uh, oh, man, I really buried the lead here. Um, yeah. Aaron Solo attacked Miro backstage. <laughs> can't believe we didn't talk about that as a one count. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, uh, no, the, uh, <laughs> this is completely random. It doesn't really mean anything. But it was just it's worth mentioning that uh, Darby Allen beat Minoru Suzuki. Like just an open challenge kind of thing. Not that he has a belt, but just like uh, no, it, Darby it, wanted some, man. He, he, Darby, Darby was like, "Look, uh, what I'm you think off. about this match, Jason?" Honestly, I didn't. Uh, I was at work, obviously, uh, on Saturday, and I usually go out after my last table. I go out, smoke a cigarette, smoke a little weed. You know, kind of decompress a little bit, and I didn't even look at Twitter or Facebook because I was like, you know, I, I want to be genuinely surprised because MJF Adam Cole FTR was the main event I was like I don't want to see shit I want to know shit so I'm watching this you know blinded and you know Darby's coming out he's like you know I want somebody I want somebody and then Suzuki's music hit I was like uh oh <laughs> like, that's your ass Mr. Postman um, but ultimately this is Darby's build towards Wembley him and Christian or I'm sorry I'm assuming it's going to be Luchasaurus at Wembley it should be Christian Cage but uh, they're actually in Chicago oh that, 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 that's, that's the only uh, announced match for Chicago okay so that's the uh the Chicago uh see there you go I guess that's going to be part of the problem where you have to worry about um booking for all in all out Wembley versus Chicago at the end of the day, uh, I would like to see that at Wembley, honestly. Because does anybody look like they're having more fun than Minoru Suzuki? Christian Cage. 
Well, yeah, Christian Cage is having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say, that motherfucker is living his best life right about now. I think Minoru Suzuki fucking loves America, dude. I've never worn a turtleneck and not had fun. So. <laughs> uh, there's a very good friend of ours. Some might say that he's part of the podcast who does not like Minoru Suzuki matches at all. And I can just hear him cringing right now, but he's wrong. They're fun. Uh, Darby, Allen, Darby Allen versus Minoru Suzuki was fun, man. And it was a good good big win for Darby uh, with a smart finish. Uh, he basically rolled him up in a pretty cool way. And I was into it. What's what's next? Uh, we did have um, – there was a few other matches. Um, There's only one more thing that I really wanted to talk about, which is uh, CM Punk coming out as uh, the Hollywood Hogan. 2023 and no, breaking did. the <laughs> AEW belt. I mean, he's been doing it right. Like he, in the matches, he's doing the ear cupping. He's on the leg drop. Like he's fully transforming into Hollywood Hogan. But That's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I would do uh, so he comes that. out and basically just announces himself. Uh, you know, AEW, the real AEW world champion, and then Starks comes out and says that you know he deserves a match because it's pinned him twice in the last two weeks. Uh, it's just a nice setup. It's like a logical story. Punk says that he wants a special enforcer because of all the fuckery. And then they say Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, just out of nowhere. But uh, that's, uh, you know, going to be a fun match. Um, I don't know. I think the two belts thing is for some people, and it's not for some people, and it's not for me. I think there's people out there who really like it. I think it's just a matter of taste. I've never liked the two belts thing. I think the only time I ever liked it was uh, like uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, – I'm sorry, it's just not the belt. It's like you can strip somebody of the belt. If you're a promotion or a boxing commission – you can strip somebody of the belt if they can't defend it due to injury. You can strip somebody of the belt for any reason that you want to. Dude, CM Punk saying he's the champion is like Trump saying he's the president. Oh, whoa, 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 When CM... Just go ahead and hit it, motherfucker. You closest. He don't know which one it is. When, NBA jams? C, CM Punk, when CM Punk left... The WWE with the belt, and then John Cena won it on the next Raw, and then CM Punk came out. I know I talked about it last week. It's the exact same thing, except when Cena held up his belt, it's like, you don't really believe that. It's like CM Punk can't believe that he, just because he never lost, that he's the fucking champion. He's not the champion. It's a made-up belt. It's, it, it's, it's an, uh, Taz probably invented it. So you ain't shit. You ain't shit. Hang on, hang on. It's two fake I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Michael Wallace. Let, let me do this correctly. <clears throat> you ain't shit. That's two fake belts that they got going around. Now they got RVD. Oh, okay. I uh, don't want to jump ahead. Uh, yeah, they got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's coming. Like, I guess that's more exciting than saying the big show or something. I don't know. It doesn't really pump me up. I, I'll just say this. And, I, and I've said it before, and I'm not going to back down from it. As much as I'm not a huge fan of punk, it he makes a point. And this is boxing, UFC, MMA, whatever. He didn't lose. He lost because he got hurt. Yep. But so MJ stripped from you. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm not saying that you can't. But MJF right now 
is your interim champion. The same way that Thunder Rosa was an interim champion, the same way uh, uh, Tony Storm was an interim champion, same thing. So if we're going to do this, say have that same energy. MJF right now, as we speak, is your interim AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Are you are you telling me that or are you telling other people? <laughs> Speaking to the masses, motherfucker. Because I, I don't believe it. I don't good. I don't believe it. They never it, the the promotion did not call him interim champion. But He's if you're, if, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do it the way that they've done it before in the past, that somebody gets hurt, they take the title off of him, and then they crown a new champion, and that champion is a interim champion. They've done it multiple times before. Zach and I have had this conversation about this. Was I there? Yes. Yeah, so actually, you were because it was on the podcast. <laughs> I do think they did that whenever the injuries were going to be like fewer than six months or some shit. Um, so maybe there's like a threshold. If, if you do, like say after this, they do some kind of interim thing because somebody is going to be out for two months or whatever. Not that I'm going to have to every two months anyway, but uh, you know what I mean. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, that belt. that. That belt to me is a step above the FTW and a Stop. St- and a step yeah. below the twenty four seven. Stop. Stop. You ain't shit. I don't care what nobody says. That that's some fucked up uh, shit. All right. What else all right, you got? So Jake? moving on to dynamite, uh, we had uh, this opened up uh, with more uh, Jericho and Don Callis, which um, when Don Callis is involved, I'm. I'm watching, but um, the match was fine, but it was just really all about the story, which was Don Callis. Uh, who did he hit on the head with the Daniel Garcia with the uh, with the bat? Sammy. And uh, they were Sammy, and so uh, <laughs> uh, Jericho pins him, but he's not happy about it. Um, so this leads to more um, kind of a drama in the Jericho Appreciation Society. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I, where do you guys think he'll end up? Where do you think uh, Jericho will just like reforge the Jericho Appreciation Society? You think he'll join with Callus? You think he'll just strike out on his own? I think he joins Callus for a while. I agree too. Um, I think this, he, I think they're gonna next they're gonna, weeks they're gonna guilt trip him into a into a another heel. I don't know, is that a heel turn into a no? He was never a baby yeah, face. I, I know it just does seem like he's acting kind of baby face ish. How you gonna act babyface? Yeah, right because now, he's, he's being right loyal now, he's to like his friends. <clears throat> he saw Don Callis hit Sammy Guevara in the head with the bat, but he was conflicted. If you're that goddamn <laughs> conflicted, then you don't take the pin. That's the heel move. Heels don't the, get heels don't get conflicted. Heels tweener, don't, tweener at best. Tweener at best. I'll meet you halfway with the conflicted part of it. I'll give you that. He's like Everything me. else. I'm conflicted too. Uh, all we, the time. we all are. We all are. Some more convict, conflicted God, God than others. God gives us crosses to bear. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker here. <laughs> this is the guy that, uh, that the McMahons are trying to save, you know, and the McMahon, you know, they're tearing their quads episode. You know, it's not actually Jesus Christ. It's Bill Vagy. <laughs> There's no halfway crooks. There's no, no, half- no halfway crooks. <laughs> None. Uh, uh, what's next? 
What do you guys think about uh, RVD versus Jack Cage? You guys have that on your 2023 bingo card? <laughs> For the FTW title, if you did, you're probably going to win that 101.25 billion mega million. No uh, shit. <laughs> I, lo- I loved Rob Van Dam being like, yeah, I've won it plenty of times and I just retire it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you can look it up. You can watch it to Renee Paquette. Very funny. Um, you know, this is this is fine. You know, I like as long as Jungle Jack Perry goes over, then I'm completely fine with it. If RVD goes over and does win the FTW, I'll only be for it if he actually does retire it. That'd actually be kind of cool. Yeah, I know. Because it's not about. It doesn't need to be there anyway. Is RVD going to fight Jungle Jack? Is it going to be RVD Jungle Jack Perry at Wembley? No, I thought they were going to do it uh, next week. I, I know, but they are, are they going to have like a rematch or something? No, no I, I, I think that, I think Wembley deserves a little more. Man, than... I really thought when Jerry Lynn came out and said it's somebody who fought in ECW, I I made the joke last week about Tommy Dreamer. I was like, oh, please be Tommy Dreamer. No, he signed with Impact. He can't I do know. that shit. Yeah, but still, they they bounce around sometimes. No, no, no that that Impact AEW, what, I would partnership I would, is done done. I would give up missing every single prediction for the next calendar year if I would have nailed that prediction. I would have loved it. <laughs> Coming out with a pro shoot sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> a pro shoot. I love, I love the way you said that. Oh, uh, what else we got? All right. So we had a uh, completely arbitrary, nonsensical, no reason for it, triple threat. It was an anything goes triple threat that just happened to be amazingly awesome like i know we set it up last week or whatever but like not a ton of it makes a whole lot of sense um but it's just like hate 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 <laughs> and they just had like the most violent match uh with no build like i know that again i know that we set this up recently and there's some animosity but this is not like a blow-off feud but there was barbed wire and you got maybe probably your number one star in the entire company doing super flexes through tables um just absolutely bonkers. Uh, and then now we're going to lead into a tag team street fight, just like we got like the five-star classic. Uh, oh, yeah, and also this is Dynamite 200. So we got a bunch of cool, really cool video package with like all of the cool shit that we saw in Dynamite yeah, in the last four cool. years. That was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to get the street fight, kind of like the, the new version of the, the best friends versus uh, – uh, what were proud and powerful? Oh, Can't believe Christ. I even pulled that out. Oh my god, I forgot about them. What a terrible name! A fucking man. That's like, I mean, we could go, we could come up with some terrible tag oh, like all time, yeah, all time, like top five just from AEW. Jesus Christ! I was thinking about uh, real quick aside. I was thinking about when Luke Harper and Eric Rowan were the guys that carried hammers. What were they called? Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers. I I was like I was like it's like the Basham Brothers or something. Uh, <laughs> forgot it, damn, forgot about but those that's, guys. That's WWE, Man, but still, I tried not real, the last. I tried real hard bad. to convince myself that that was cool. I think I spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to convince you guys that was cool too. That was not cool. <laughs> um, 
Uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, this match fucking ruled. It's like it's like John Moxley Trojan horsed death matches into AEW <laughs> in the form of Dean Ambrose, and like he was like, okay, my four year plan is we're gonna be having fucking crazy death matches for no reason at seven forty <laughs> Central Time on Wednesday nights. It's like I, I sounds good, John. Let's do I it. I had the exact same reactions acted. I was like, why are these guys so pissed at each other? And then Moxie pulls out the tax. It's like, what is going on here? <laughs> well, this elevated quickly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you take it, when you take into consideration those two matches that he recently had with uh, El Desperado, and you take into account the blood and guts match, and then this match, I mean, he is just a full-on death match fighter now. Yeah. Oh, he did the thing with. Um... Gene Kasai in New Japan too, and that's no, that's week. what we're talking about. Like he had the, uh, the tag matches. That was the uh, July Fourth oh, weekend Desperado. or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, because I mean, he, he fought Desperado two nights in a row. Yeah, or two singles, shows in a row. Singles, one the singles second and one tag. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This match ruled. This match was awesome. It had no business being as good as it Crazy was. Crazy spot with Beretta and Moxley off of the turnbuckle onto the outside through two tables for no reason. I'm like, dude, y'all need to stop it. Stop it. I get it. It's Dynamite 200. That was a crazy spot. I get it. But I'll be damned, man. There was so many times where I was just like, oh, God, please just hit this right. Oh, God, please hit this just right. Because there was there was guys that could have easily gotten hurt. It was ex- extremely enjoyable. Yes. This, but uh, very was, lucky that all six the, walked away. This was like the pro wrestling equivalent of like a road rage incident. Just yeah. like three people meeting in the middle of a highway and like they've never seen each other in their lives but within 30 seconds they're fighting each other. very good stuff uh, then we had uh, MJF and Adam Cole's all in announcement MJF pure babyface promo uh, he's told the story before pick him up dude boy pick him up uh, he's a really good actor uh, like I actually think if you could get past the layers which would take um, I don't know Whoever would, uh, but I'm sure that there's a handful of people out there to get past the layers of MJF. He'd probably be like actually like good to hang out with because he's obviously like really into the same things that we're really into as far as like pro wrestling stuff. He's just so good at this because I mean, just him saying like, "Oh, I'm still a scumbag, but I'm ready to be your scumbag," just perfect. Uh, and then we're you know we're setting up a babyface versus babyface. I don't know. Um, I think they might write it out until I think the turn might happen at Wembley, uh, Wembley. But um, I think I'll maybe disagree with you guys on that uh, to make things interesting. But uh, yeah, this is pretty much just uh, them announcing the main event for All In, which is good because we are a month away from uh, the biggest pay per view of their history, one of the biggest pay per views in history as far as live attendance goes so i'm ready to see some matches i'm you know i knew what SummerSlam was like five six weeks ago i need to know what's on this card i'm confident they'll get there but just like want to see it no i agree and i think this is a step in that direction where the top of the card kind of has to be established first versus before you can start really getting to 
the the other matches that I think eventually are going to happen. And we we just talked about this before, what's going to be Wembley's main event. This is a good start. Now, from there, you know, you're going to have to figure out where the elite fit in, where his punk fit in, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, just for the physical segment itself, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of waiting for MJF to come out and be pissed, still pissed that he lost the match on Saturday night. And then this is where I expected the the actual turn to take place. When he got the contract, he was like, you don't deserve this match. You don't deserve a match. You deserve the match. That's why I was like, okay, all right. And I like it. So they're, they're doing just enough to keep us moving over to the next week. So next week, not even knowing what's going to happen, you're going to come to Dynamite just to figure out, find out what's going to happen next week because they're going to have MJF Cole in some sort of build, in some sort of fashion. Like I said, from that point, well, that's where I think you'll see MJF show his true colors. I don't know, man. That was a real big baby face promo. Uh, I, no, it was great. I, 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 it was great. It was great. And, you Is know, the first chant we've ever gotten for attention deficit disorder. It's got no, the second one. No, it's the second one. He did. He said it at one time beforehand, and it was, it was still in. They got a chance. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I didn't know you guys were fans of ADD. Yeah, a bunch of ADD motherfuckers don't. They had to take a letter out. It's actually ADHD. Okay. <laughs> so quick to do it, they took a letter out. Um, really, uh, I I really like this. Uh, like I said, I'm along for the ride. I I I'm gonna put my faith in them. Um, they got three more weeks of television to tell the story, and obviously Roddy Strong and the Kingdom are going to have something to do with that, especially Roddy Strong back there. That motherfucker's losing his mind with that neck brace on, man. Somebody <laughs> needs to tell him to chill the fuck out. It's like somebody That's told why him. That's you can't he, come it's back like, to It's like somebody told him he is the father. <laughs> <laughs> Golf clap. Golf clap. Yes. That motherfucker it's lost like he, his goddamn mind. He's backstage mind. looking at the monitor. He's like, what the fuck? That motherfucker lost his shit. It's like, dude, this is why you can't get back to active fucking play right here. You over losing your mind backstage because Adam Cole, baby, wants to hang out with MJF. Chill out. <laughs> shit. Um, all right. Uh, moving on. Uh, this is a packed show, which makes sense. You know, AW 200. Um you know, they got a little nostalgia, they got RVD, but they don't have all the nostalgia to kind of bring in like a raw, you know, whatever, raw 30. It was a but, good episode uh, of Dynamite. Yeah. Overall, yeah. Uh, then we had a match that the only reason I'm going to bring it up is because it was way more entertaining than it should have been with uh, oh, yeah. the uh, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the Elite versus Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Tottenham Singh. Uh, Kenny Omega is doing spots with Jeff Jarrett, and the Young Bucks are doing spots with Tottenham Singh, and the crowd loves all of it. That, that's <laughs> what you call what you wanted, but not what you expected. I did not expect to turn on my television and see Jeff Jarrett, Kenny Omega mixing it up, and brother, I was a fan of it. It was good. Jeff Jarrett, you know how they say, like, Jim Cott, the pitcher that used to pitch for the Cardinals and uh, I think I think like Texas and uh, Milwaukee and stuff, he faced Ted Williams and Barry Bonds. Like that's how his career stretched. That's how he pitched from fifty nine to eighty three or something. That's wow, like that's pretty cool. That's like Jeff Jarrett. 
like Jeff Jarrett probably wrestled some fucking old, old school guys. And now he's in there with the acclaimed and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and shit. That is funny. I wonder who the oldest uh, guy, like the, the 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 oldest legend that he wrestled, like that was actually still working well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to dive into that because whenever you talk about it now, I feel like just show it, having that juxtaposition is important. I, I love this analogy. Yeah, he yes, he might have wrestled somebody born in the 30s. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely could have. Jason, you're rolling your eyes, but he might have. That's great. If he was fighting in the 80s, yeah, if he was fighting in the 80s, there's 50-year-olds that wrestle. There's 50-year-olds that wrestle. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool to think about. Um, anyway, uh, what else we got? I mean, regardless, he was in high-profile high profile feuds with Ric Flair. Just that that gap. High-profile feuds with Ric Flair in his prime. And, uh, hey, hang yeah. on, man. Hang on. Hang on. As the Ric Flair fan in the room. I barely remember that. So let's not sit up here and say this is high profile of Ric Flair feuds. Okay. WCW Nitro, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was on television. A huge boom. You you don't have to argue this one, Jason. Like, it's just a fact. Like, he's faced guys that were born in the 30s and 40s, and he's faced guys that were born in the 2000s, probably. That's that's not what I'm arguing about, okay, motherfucker? So just just because you're, you know, the local president of the Jeff Jarrett fan club of, you know, St. Charles, Missouri, (laughs) does not mean that you have to defend him at every given point. What I said was that I don't remember, as the Ric Flair fan in the room, I don't remember any sort of Jeff Jarrett, Ric Flair feud that was like, oh shit, everybody stop. Hey, hey, it's Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair. Man, stop. No, they, no, no, no. no it was Brandon, never like that. Let's not sit up here and act like it was. As you get older, memory does fade, so I don't, I don't. Nigga, <laughs> well, don't, don't. <laughs> you are grabbing like the smallest piece of what we're saying and saying <laughs> that's not true. We're just saying it's kind of cool that Jeff Jarrett's been around for so long. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. You. I see what you mean, but yeah. I'll, I'll let it, and I didn't say anything. And did I did I say anything up to that point? No. Once he said it was a Ric Flair, Jeff Jarrett, you know, classic, you know, feud, that's when I jumped okay, in. Okay, let me ask you a question right now, a prediction. When next year's PWI 500 comes out. Oh, Jesus no, Christ. You don't know where I'm going. <laughs> you don't know where I'm going. When next year's PWI 500 comes out, will Sotnam Singh be on it? No. No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that no. motherfucker running the ropes made me just feel sorry for him. I'm like, that's the <laughs> biggest human I've ever seen. And that's why he probably shouldn't be He's got to be bigger than Omos, right? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. he is he fucking be. huge. Oh, yeah. He, I don't know if he just really wants to wrestle. Like, he, he doesn't need to wrestle. He's just that guy. Just be the big guy and be the big big guy. Spot. I mean, I want I want to know how much that motherfucker weighs for real. He is fucking. It's got to be like four fifty. It's got to be. It's got to be. He should never run the ropes ever again in life. I thought the ropes were gonna snap. Mm. <laughs> I th- or he was gonna do that. Or he was like gonna do a backflip over him or something. Like the clothesline spot they did the week before, it looked like he hit his head on the way over, and you see it he all to, the time. He needs to just watch Undertaker over and over and over again. That motherfucker could run the ropes. Oh my god! And the ropes would—I think my head's so going to explode. Like, the ropes. He had so months. much faith in his own running the ropes. Yeah, because there were times where Undertaker would run the ropes, and you're like, he's going to flip oh, back backwards over that motherfucker. 
very good at running the rope. Uh, what else we got? Uh, so then uh, we saw two black men murder a white teenager. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty, like, it went in, they beat the shit out of Nick Wayne, and they just, like, smashed the fucking glass over his head, he's bleeding everywhere, and they made him call his best friend. It was fucking dark, man. I loved it. It was dark. Like, right-wingers on Twitter are going to cut, like, a clip of that out and be like, look what's happening in South Africa. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure AR Fox, AR Fox had, like, something. It wasn't a knife, but it was, like, a sharp thing. And he was like, he's like, open your phone. Put in the passcode to your phone. He's like, hold my goddamn knife to I do, do want to say that that... That beatdown scene, extremely effective. It really, I was like, God damn, this is pretty fucking cool. These guys are cool together. Swerve and AR Fox are cool together. I like AR, AR Fox. is a dude now. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I think they kind of made AR Fox in, its, <laughs> in one fail swoop with this. Didn't really, wasn't expected. When they were like, you know, AR Fox is, you know, a part of my uh my new movie or whatever, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm already rolling my eyes, like, what kind of fuck shit is this? And then all of a sudden, you know, they're in uh, <laughs> Nick Wade's backyard, I'm like, oh, no, this can ready to get ugly. I don't know if the color... Yeah, they're doing Suburban Commando 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if the uh, the picture spot was real, if, you, if it, the, the color was real, but the color was effective enough to where now I'm like, okay, we got some we got some serious beef going on over here. That was cool. AR Fox is, is basically now a, a made heel check mark there. The only question I ask is, where's Keith Lee? Where's Keith Lee? He was eating inside the house. Yeah. yeah, Nick Wayne's mom had just made a pie, and he had stolen it off the windowsill. Motherfucker, this ain't life. <laughs> you ain't like Keith Glee fast enough to get his black ass over there to get to the pie to begin with. <laughs> he ain't that damn fast. Mark Gorris was fast than the motherfucker. You know, at least Mark Gorris would get, get over to the pie and be eating that shit to the point where it's like, okay, what's happening? Oh, man, the black man's eating the pie. Shoot See, the N-word. That's the kind of thing that we should cut out and put on TikTok. I know. You know me. <laughs> Fucking listeners we'd have. Keith Lee stealing the pie off the windowsill. That is some classic, classic Hulk, shit. Hulk Hogan would, would like that. <laughs> Hulk Hogan approves of this message. Um, oh, he did, he did like pull the picture out of the frame too. He's like, hey, let me just lay this here down right wherever he found out that he, would, that he wasn't going to be around anymore. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Cold shit. Just the coldest shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh! So this is the this is the this is the training room. That's what I thought. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're gonna have to win it. So we're not just gonna have an exhibition, huh? <laughs> I bet there were people watching the TV calling nine one one. Oh my God! There's two black men that are assaulting this poor. It's happening on the TV right now. This poor innocent. Single to white guy. Just stop. Stop it. Edwin, tell him to stop. <laughs> Jesus. Cover, covering their kids' eyes and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not letting them watch it. I tell you what. Worf got, and uh, it'll probably be a 
maybe this is what they do with like a tag team like uh but i feel like swerve ar fox and like somebody else from like mogul embassy right versus uh seeing darby allen and nick wayne to open wembley oh that sounds like a winner man i hate to say it but that almost sounds like that that makes a whole lot of fucking sense well, you Can know, Nick St- Wayne get his fucking passport? <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the question. <laughs> right. Can he come out of the country? Actually, take that back. He went to Japan, so he's fine. Oh, yeah. Worried about, uh, worried about right. Sting in another match. <laughs> <laughs> it's one more, man. He's going to be jet lagged and shit. <laughs> you, you're not going to have to jump off the ladder this time, okay? Just chill out. He's coming off the top of Wembley. Um, <laughs> Sting's bringing Nick Wayne for the Adrenochrome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So Aussie Open, Kingo and Commander, ROH titles. This is an action-packed match. Uh, I mean, just something to where. You knew what was going to happen, but also also knew what was going to happen. This is you were going to have a great match, and these guys were just going nuts. I love this thing. This this is just, you know, this is a match that if somebody was like, "Why do you watch pro wrestling?" Like, I would show them this match. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, that was pretty cool." Man, just a match on free TV with Aussie Open versus Vikingo and Commander. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Put the the kayfabe bullshit aside, and I had to for a second. I was like, "Damn, this is for the titles." Okay, <laughs> the kingdoms on in the chat, you know. Um, this was what you want to see, just to pay money to walk in the door and just be entertained, and that's what this was. Two of the best, at least, luchadors on one side versus one of the best tag teams, in my opinion, the best tag team in the world right now, and Aussie Open on the other. It was worth it. I mean, you knew who was going to win, but the the ride was worth the wait. So, in that scenario, Austin Open stays hot. I want to see if they go to Wembley or not. That's a that's another question. I would assume they would stay here, but obviously we'll see what happens. All right. And what was next? Uh, oh, and then we had the main event, Karashita versus Tony Storm. This was kind of uh, the... House of Torture title match, uh, but where the House of Torture actually just fails uh, over and over again. And, um, yeah, a lot of drama. The crowd was really into this match because of the interference and because it kept actually failing. But uh, Hikaru Shida wins the AEW World Women's title from Tony Storm uh, to close out a big show with a big title change and a lot of confetti and celebration. So um, I know they've been building Shida up a little bit. And the Tony Storm stuff's been a little stale, but uh, it it did seem kind of out of nowhere. But they had a good match. Were you surprised, Jason? No, actually, I saw this on uh, Twitter last night. So my initial reaction was, I guess, a little surprised. But the cynicism in me is wondering how Sheeta is getting ready to get usurped for the title at this point. Um, it feels like a makeup call. I think they did it with Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, and now we're doing it with Sheeta. You know, people that have been 
interim champions. In this case, Sheeta being the pandemic champion, I think you you could have done a lot more with Sheeta, especially when she's the longest reigning AEW Women's Champion of all time. But another story for another time. Was I surprised? Somewhat. Do I expect a lot? No. Uh, yeah, this match was pretty good. Uh, I, I was glad that Sheeta won. Uh, just because I, like Zach said, Tony Storm has gotten stale. She's real stale for me, and I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, I was cool with Sheeta winning, and the match was good. Well, that was AEW. Uh, we got some good shit coming up um, in the next week or so, but it's also going to be tied in with the SummerSlam and a lot of G1. So they're going to have to really pull out all the breaks. Yeah, to be noticed. But we'll be covering that here on Bam from Ringside Podcast. Uh, yeah, we got Ricky Starks and CM Punk on Saturday, which should be cool. For the real world championship. For the axe championship. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to that three count. I'm sure we could do better. We, we need to put our heads together and come up with a better name for CM Punk's title. The swerve in our glory belt. <laughs> I said we could do better. Naturally limitless. <laughs> we could do better. I, this is not worst tag team names at this point, okay? Okay. Uh, so for the, the three. New World Straight Edge Organization. Okay. Ooh, all right. Like all right. See, there you go. There you go. Um. So we have the Great American Bash Sunday night, the NXT pay-per-view uh, just so you know, for the prediction side of things, uh, Jason leads the way with six. Zach in second place with five. Yours truly bringing up the rear with four points. Uh, so, Jason back in the lead with 42 points. Bill in second place with 41. And Zach lagging behind with 40. Uh, <laughs> so, I guess the... Oh, man. <laughs> what you gotta, doing back there, Caboose? I think the big story coming out of this, at least the big story for me, I picked Dragonoff, and I really liked Carmelo Hayes versus Dragonoff, but I think the big story is Dom retains. All of us had it, but, I mean, Dom has was in the main event segment for SmackDown, Raw, and NXT, and NXT that week. Uh, no, 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 no. Notorious. We are living in the Dom, Dom world. Era. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the pay per view overall, Jason? Um, it was good. To me, the biggest story coming out of it was Andre Chase throwing in the towel for Thea Hale and the ramifications thereof. I was kind of always looking at Duke Hudson with side eye. He didn't feel like a baby face to me, and I think this might be a, a way to turn him against Andre Chase and have a little uh, infighting into Chase U. To me, Tiffany Stratton is not a submission wrestler, so how you had her win the match was, to me, the question. Having somebody throw in the towel for you, especially with Thea Hale being so over the top, so enthusiastic, and doesn't doesn't feel like she wants to quit – she would want to be doing a, a stone cold pass out scenario versus somebody throwing in the towel for her. To me, that was the biggest story. Dragging off and, and Carmelo was a great match. That to me was the, at the end where the title came into play. The physical title came into play where dragging off hit the title. And then that's where the match kind of changed. To me, the bigger story was Andre chase throwing in the towel for Thea Hill. Zach, what was your biggest takeaway? It is on my list to watch immediately after doing this podcast. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. You suck. 
too much uh, too much wrestling, guys. But uh, I, I am looking forward to it. I'm still gonna watch it. Tons of wrestling. Uh, the family versus Gallus was a good curtain jerker. Uh, the Tony D'Angelo is over. I think that Stax has a little bit more work to do, but definitely got the crowd uh, going and the Gallus attacking the family on the way into NXT. The next uh, show was really good too. I also want to talk about safe work environment, man. I also I know that part. The NXT parking lot is the most dangerous based place to be in wrestling. If I was an NXT like you know character or just wrestler coming in, there would have to be some sort of clause in my contract if i get jumped in the, the parking lot then like everything else happens you gotta to go take an board. uber and circle around a couple times <laughs> make sure nobody's hanging out there be like hey you just know, go run the block <laughs> right. i'll One give you a good time. tip uh, i'll give you a good tip right five stars player <laughs> uh vincent man got indicted by a grand jury this week for the nxt parking lot and all the shenanigans <laughs> yeah that's There's right kidnapping uh oh yeah man so much kidnapping bad news Brock, so, uh, not Brock, uh, last week we had a big disagreement between the three of us. You guys said there's no way that they, that you could see Gable Stevenson losing the match against Baron Corbin. <laughs> I said there was no way that Baron Corbin was going to lose the match against Gable Stevenson, and guess what? They took the, we were all right. <laughs> they took the easy way nobody, out. Say, nobody you know lost what? anybody. <laughs> you, Done. Do you think it's possible that whoever was the agent for that match had recently watched uh, Gabriel <laughs> Kidd and, and Kaido Kiyomiya? Because it was kind of the same thing. It, it kind of was. I, I honestly, I never thought about that until you said it right now. It kind of was, but the to me, the funny part about it was, and I watched it live. I don't know if anybody. Well, I, you didn't. Did you watch it live or no? No. So watching it live to see the NXT crowd literally turn on Stevenson just at a drop of a dime. I mean, he didn't even do anything. It was just like, you know, he wrong place, wrong time, and we just, you know what? We just going to root for Baron Corbin. You know, how, you. you know how much people have to hate you for you for to have a crowd root for Baron Corbin? They've never done it. They've literally <laughs> never done it. Was it. The, it was one of the wildest He's literally never seen. been cheered. It, it, anytime <laughs> Gable Stevenson did anything, it was like, boo. I was like, damn, dog. You act like he was the guy who was jumping him. No. Gabe Stevens is just trying to hang out. You they know what I'm saying? They have never tried to make him anything except the most despicable character possible. Remember when he was Constable Corbin? Oh, man. He's always been a heel. Constable Corbin. Oh, my God. That was so bad. And, and still, this crowd cheered for him, which was crazy. Uh, so, um, that was a strange decision. I, I'm picking Baron Corbin for the next one, too. I'm going to ride it. Uh, <laughs> Dom... Mustafa Ali and Wesley was very fun. Uh, right guy went over. Crowd was going nuts. Rhea Dragon played, Lee feels Rhea, like he's on deck. Rhea played her part to a T. Yeah, Tuesday night, Dragon Lee came out, and uh, Rhea called him Ray Mysterio Jr. Jr., which was really, really funny. Um, but Ray Mysterio is going to be on NXT next week. Dom is facing Dragon Lee, and Ray Mysterio is going to be in Dragon Lee's corner. Title on the line? Yeah. Who you got? Dom. Okay. Dom Dom. Okay. This makes sure you, you know, you ain't jumping off the uh, notorious train just yet. No, I'm not. Um, Anything else you guys want to say about this? We still got SummerSlam predictions. Uh, Blair, no, da- Blair Davenport goes. Yeah, that's the deal. Rox, Roxanne Perez goes over Blair, Blair Davenport. No, actually. What do you think uh, about, I feel like uh, we could go to the main roster. Who's that? You kind of cut out. 
I think both of them could go to the main roster. Well, I think there's, and this is just me just jumping in, and you you watch it a little longer, especially with this new roster. Blair Davenport feels like the one that probably is more ready-made, quote-unquote. I think Roxanne kind of has more of a story to tell, especially because she had, she had dropped the title, and now she's still in NXT, and they didn't move her up after dropping the title, and usually that's what happens. You, you know, we watch enough wrestling. That's how it works. For me, both are going to go there. If I had to say one gets there first, Blair Davenport gets there first. I don't know if there's any room for either one of them on the main roster. Shit. I just really women getting bumped off SummerSlam. Yeah, um, it's Trish and Becky. Let's not like act like this is a huge deal. Well, they think that one of them might be hurt, right? I don't know. That's what that's what I heard. Okay, uh, Great American Bash was a good pay per view. Zach, I want you to enjoy it. That's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. All right, so we have SummerSlam predictions. Did um, I do my shot already? God damn it. I just looked at the Wikipedia, and there's a match that I didn't have before that I got to add on here. So, like I said, Jason's in the lead with 42. Bill's got 41. Zach's got okay. 40. That's why for people the, tune in, because they want to know who wins this competition. For the record, uh, as now that I've taken back the lead, Uh-oh. I'm not going to be braggadocious like some of us uh, th- that have gotten the lead before. Like, this is, uh, you know, this is the Tour de France. It's, you know, you you can win the stages, but the, the big picture is winning the Tour de France. I respect, I respect that. Stage five that nobody would ever remember in life. SummerSlam 23 coming Go up. Go ahead, Bo. Go ahead. Hey, Zach, you know, what the, uh, you know what the worst part about SummerSlam is? What's that? I got to change my safe word for a month. <laughs> What's SummerSlam me, bitch? Just say SummerSlam. <laughs> you, got, you got too many syllables in that safe word to begin with. So we <laughs> monosyllabic. So yeah, yeah we got for for one month. It's blueberry. Eight, <laughs> eight matches on the card. Uh, the one that I just had to add was the twenty man Slim Jim. I'm so glad battle. I have to work tomorrow. Twenty man Slim Jim Battle Royal. Jason, who you got? It's like LA Knight, yeah. Sheamus. Um, Sheamus and I'd LA rather Knight. just watch twenty guys, twenty skinny guys named Jim, just get in there and have a real, actual, real battle royal. And that's what I'm saying. That, I mean, Huge battle royal. Nobody's. There's no stakes on this. I'll go with this. I'll say Sheamus wins on Friday night, but LA Knight wins this battle royal. Give me LA Knight. Uh, who do you got, Zach? If LA Knight's in it, give me him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a wash. It's a wash. Even though I can't imagine that they're just building him up to win the Slim Jim battle. Jesus <laughs> Christ, yeah, dude. I, know, I mean, but... you jobbed him out to fucking <laughs> Bray Wyatt. I mean, you know, throw him a bone for Christ's sake. I don't even feel like talking about this match anymore. We all pick an LA Knight, uh, so we never had to talk about it at all. Uh, we got Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. I'm not talk about it. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler in an MMA rules match. Zach, you're up first. 
Shayna Baszler, uh, just because it seems like it's uh, Ronda on her way out, and I don't know why she would win on her way out, but crazier things have happened. JCB. You know, I was watching this um, vignette on uh, Monday night or whatever. Two vignettes. I mean, that's they've never done two vignettes on Shayna Baszler on any sort of Monday night on Friday Night Smackdown, any given point on the main roster. They should have been doing this way before we got into this point. Now it feels like because Becky and Lita have been taken off the card, now, I'm sorry, Becky and um, Trish has been taken off the card, you put these two jokers in, and now you got to build up. Should have been building up anyway. Natural rivalry, neither here nor there. Obviously, Shayna wins at this point. Ronda Rousey's on the way out. But they should have been doing this to begin with because now I'm actually interested to see the match. You've got me genuinely interested to see the bad blood play itself out on fucking TV. Bad, one of the few bad drops by WWE under the uh, the Triple H regime, in my opinion. So you're taking Baszler? Yes. I am taking Ronda Rousey. I think that you guys are right about everything, but it when you like try to imagine yourself a week from now and looking back and being like, why didn't I pick that? It makes way more sense to, <laughs> for them to have Ronda Rousey win at SummerSlam because SummerSlam is a big look and they like making people, outside people, look like a big deal. I'm taking Ronda Rousey and I think Shayna Baszler gets her win back. Three at, point for your boy. Gets her win back at payback. <laughs> gets her win back at payback and that's, that's when Ronda point. Rousey goes away that's a free you, point for you boys you're gonna make it your Stone Cold Lead Pipe block of the week hang on man let's, let's, I was just getting ready to ask before we start talking about that let's let's get the rules on deck for the what's the penalty if you lose how many points if you lose if you get it it's if one point if you lose your Stone Cold Lead Pipe block of the week you lose two points that's that's why you gotta make it your stone cold lead pipe block, block of the week. week. Okay, fair. But you don't have to do the stone cold lead pipe. It's just an. I option. think we should. I think we should. I think every pay per view we should have a stone yeah, cold lead pipe block of the week and an upset block of the week. Everybody's gonna do it every time. Every and yes, you have to have one stone cold lead pipe block of the week. Yeah, at some point because that way it keeps it interesting. All right, I'm yeah. taking Ronda Rousey. Okay. Are you willing to make it your Shayna ba- Shayna Baszler? Yes. Your- yes. That's your Stone Cold Lead Pipe Block of the Week? If you're going to pin me down on it, yeah. You already pointed it like I was like the fucking, you know, the defendant on the, the you know, the stand, you know. Were you at such and such place at such and such I'm time? Just saying there's yeah, other ma- I'm just saying there's other matches that you can use for your Stone Cold Lead Roman Pipe Block of the Week. Roman is probably the next one, and that's probably a very safe bet. But, you know, I'll go with this one. You know, I'm not going to be always conservative. This feels like a spot where... Ronda is on the way out the door. Shayna Baszler is in. Lead pipe lock of the week. Shayna Baszler wins. Uh, next up, we have Gunther against Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. I will go first. I said before on this podcast that I am taking Gunther until Gunther proves to me that he ain't going to win. I will take Gunther. I, I think he's too close to Honky Tonk Man's record. For them to have him lose it right now. He is less than a month away, I think. Jason, who you got? Of course, as you asked me as I was getting ready to Google Gunther's uh, rise to you prominence. You don't need Google. I just told you. Anyway. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to Google Gunther's rise to prominence right now. <laughs> see what I get. 
Um, no, I agree with you. I really want to take Drew McIntyre because it feels like a spot for Drew McIntyre to win. <sighs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna still take. I'm gonna stick with my gut. I'm gonna take Gunther. I agree with Bill. It's it's Gunther until somebody takes it off of him. This is the first time that I really feel like there's somebody that can take it off of him, and that's Drew McIntyre. But we'll see what happens. I'll take Gunther. Zach, who you got? Uh, I've got Gunther. Yeah. Uh, next up, we Drew have. Drew McIntyre is a very formidable opponent, a fantastic opponent for him, and I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, this is kind of a loaded card. Kind of want to see every single match. Uh, this is a fantastic SummerSlam. Yeah, like they're yeah. they're white hot right now. They're like you know like before I've been like oh AEW firing on all cylinders. WWE's been firing all cylinders since like Montreal, uh, Canada with Sami Zayn and Roman. They've been phenomenal. Uh, Ricochet is facing Logan Paul in a singles match. Zach, who you got? Uh, I got Logan Paul. They usually put Logan Paul. I said this a few weeks ago. They usually put Logan Paul in a great position to look really good but get beat. Uh, here, he's going to look really good, and he's actually going to beat somebody on a high-profile show. Um, that's the only reason they've been building Ricochet up is for Logan Paul to beat him. Uh, but also, looking forward to this match, uh, the fact that it's the curtain character because Logan Paul's going to get on a private jet with light of his Gucci Brothers boxing match um, is bonus points for me because that, that sounds like a fun curtain jerker. Uh, Jason, who you got? <sighs> I really want to pick Ricochet. I really do, but I just can't. Um, I agree with everything that Three Beers said. This feels like a, a way to you build up Ricochet to have Logan Paul get a, a really high-profile win. And if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't won a a big match, whether it's SummerSlam, WrestleMania, whatever the case may be. Um, Ricochet is somebody that you can go over and get that ball rolling, whatever, yeah. wherever way you want to go with Logan Paul because, I mean, he's not on the roster, so you can plug him in at any given point. Makes sense. I'll take Logan Paul. Logan Paul's got to win at some point. Yeah. He's got to win something. And having him go over SummerSlam is a big fucking look, like I said, and Ricochet can take it. And really, this is one of those situations that sometimes Jason scoffs at. But it is one of those situations where just being in the ring with Logan Paul is a big deal for Ricochet. Wow. He's getting getting the rub. The Logan. He's getting the Logan Paul rub. Jesus Christ. He's really famous. Ricochet has gone all over the world, and he's going to get the rub from Logan Paul wrestling in 2023. Dude. I mean, wrestling's as big as it's ever been. I mean, wrestling is hot. I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, but especially with a writer's strike. Like, you know, like, Cody Khan with the man rubbing their hands together just hoping that this writer's strike lasts because premium content for television. Uh, we have Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar in the rubber match. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Cody. Zach. It's definitely Cody. They had Brock beat this man senseless for two weeks in a row just to keep him, you know, Brock because Cody's going to beat him. Can I? Um, you, can pick, you can pick Brock if you want to. No, I don't want to pick Brock, but, man, I kind of want to pick Brock because 
All right, listen to my fancy booking just for a second. <laughs> Cody's getting ready to win. Randall Keith Orton makes his comeback. Fucking RKO on Cody. Brock goes over, and you start a Cody Orton feud, and it goes back to uh, what were they called? Uh, legacy. Yeah, legacy. Um, that's what I'm. Ho- that that would be me going out on the limb and taking Brock Lesnar. I'm not taking Brock Lesnar. I'm taking <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Damn it! <laughs> but man, I like it. that would be cool because a Cody Randy feud would be cool. The promos would be fucking well, awesome. I mean, the packages would be unbelievable. If you had a yeah, healthy, that's, that's money. if you had a healthy Randy Orton right now, and I guess okay, okay. Sometimes we, so, Ted DiBiase Jr. wanders into the background yeah, of, right. the, of the like the. Packages. So we all agree. We all agree that Cody wins the rubber match. Let's let's talk about what's next. And no points. We. I, I was thinking about this. I want. I should have said this should be for a point, but just for. You know, fantasy booking. Who is your next opponent for Cody going forward? Let's start three beer first. We'll go with Bill, and then I'll go handle up last. Three beer. Who's the next opponent for Cody? Because we all agree that he's going to beat Brock. So we, you know, it's what's next. Better yet, who's next? Um, real quick, do you guys think that Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, is the driving cleaner to promote? Cody Rhodes, the Dark Company. That's <laughs> <laughs> a very inside joke. <laughs> I really love that image. Um, who is his next opponent? Um, yeah, not he's... anybody with a title. Um, so somebody, somebody obviously high up on the card, or at least like formidable. Mm. Man, I don't even know. I haven't even I think thought about that. I think it's Finn. <laughs> I think it's Finn. Yeah, but I... I, I, has, I, I, I want Finn head. to win the title. I don't... I didn't want him to be wrestling anybody with the title because he seems like he's not going to go for that title anyway. So I almost think maybe it's Seth and that keeps Seth away from the title while Finn... Yeah, uh, but... They could do Seth again. Maybe but face I don't know. Maybe face more. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, this is genuinely. Uh, uh, I'm gonna if you if you gotta put a gun to my head, uh, I'm gonna take Bray White. Dude, I just talked myself into Randy Orton. I really hope that happens. Um, up next, we got. Awesome. Well, let's just stick on it. We got Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the title. I will go first. You got mine. I who spoiled are, it. Left. Oh, who are you taking? Uh, I took Finn. I clicked on the on the last one. So I, oh, I yeah. think he's going to beat Seth, and I think he should beat Seth. Yeah, because I think that storyline is just still tailor made. A hundred and twenty percent. Finn should go over here. Seth doesn't need it. Pass it along to Finn. This would give Finn, you know, the title run that he always kind of deserved. And. Uh, then you got the whole story with Damian Priest for a while. I'm down with it. I'm taking Finn Balor also. Jason, you taking Seth Rollins? Yeah, I was going to say I, I, I'm sorry. I just I can't see. The only reason that Seth wins, I t- I take that back. Finn wins because 
of what of all you guys, what you and uh, Three Beers said, it's a reason to win. You know, see Sheeta. You know, let's make it up to Finn. It's a, your your makeup call, whatever. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. Judgment Day is hot enough as a group where I don't think Finn needs to win. You still have the intrigue, is especially if now Seth wins and you still have Damian Priest in the on-deck circle. I don't think you're necessarily fast enough to cash it in with Finn if he wins, but you're real fast to do it if Seth wins. I'm taking Seth. I'm sticking to it. Even if they don't cash it in, I still think Seth runs it probably through the rest of the year. All right. Uh, And up next, we have the uh, triple threat match for the women's belt. We have Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka. Jason, give it to me uh, least to most. EO Sky on the on-deck circle. Um, I'm going to stick to what I've, I've said. I'm, well, at least what I said in my head. I'm going to go Charlotte, least likely, doesn't need it, could easily win at any given point. You know, all kinds of fuckery going on. Like I said, with EO Sky on deck, Charlotte can win, and you can ha- have EO's cashing in on, on Charlotte. Not a big deal. We've seen it happen before. For Charlotte, it's not about title reigns is about title numbers at 14 really close to 16 uh in the middle i'm gonna go with bianca i think bianca is probably the the one that has the most intriguing story it feels like she could tip heel at any given point but she's still playing babyface. but that's what i like you know bianca has an argument for all kinds of shit you know i waited patiently for my fucking title rematch but now here comes you know miss charlotte coming in and now she's coming in and we got this whole triple threat and we shouldn't have it you know if i'm if i lost the title it should be a rematch against the with the person that beat me but now all of a sudden you're gonna play favorites with charlotte i'm gonna bianca in the middle but it's going to be hard for me to get away with Asuka as one, especially with EO on deck. I can, I just see them somehow, some way getting a, a title match, even if it's not a cash in that night. And I don't think they cash in that night. I think it's going to be a big, a big ass tease, but I still like Asuka at one. Because ultimately, I think we get EO Sky and Asuka at some point down the line. I have it way different than you. I have Bianca beat Bianca Belair least, most likely to win. Um, I got Asuka in the middle, and I got Charlotte to win. When Charlotte's in a championship match without the belt, she wins the belt. I'm going to take Charlotte Flair uh, the safe And money. that's why you can have EO Sky cash in. So. Uh, Zach, who you got? That's actually exactly what I had because I'm just like, for that same reason, it's like, it's only like a triple threat is like the perfect kind of fuckery situation for Charlotte to win a belt. And then last but not least, we have Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso in tribal combat for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and recognition of Tribal Chief. I will go first with my lead pipe lock of the week. I'm taking Roman Reigns. There is no way that Jay wins here, and Roman Reigns is going to destroy him. Jason, who you got? <laughs> I love you, Adam. That is, <laughs> you know, I'm up 
as I rolled my eyes as I said it, it beforehand, and I, I made Shayna Baszler my lead pipe lock of the week. I agree with you on this one. This is going to ultimately be Roman. I don't think he's going to destroy Jay. I think this is where Jimmy somehow, some way, comes back into the fold and makes things a little more even. Steven takes Solo out, and now you have more of a solo of a one-on-one match that fans kind of, I think, want to see and ultimately gives a little credit to Roman Reigns. Even if it doesn't happen where, you know, you have Jimmy come out and all kinds of fuckery happens, at the end of the day, it's still going to be Roman Reigns. He's going to go to WrestleMania. It's probably going to be Cody Rhodes and him at WrestleMania. We're going to run it back. So there's no reason for me to come off of that prediction right now. I got Roman Reigns. Zach, he got I got Roman Reigns, Stone Cold Blood Five Block of the Week. I have to be conservative because I'm in last place. It's the smart <laughs> money. It's the smart money. Jason, you can change it if you want to. Yeah, fine. All right. you're going to allow me to do it. Yeah, I'll, you know, it's the first. It's, it's, it's the first. It's the first week we've ever done it. Yeah, today. Hey, you going to let me out of it? I'm going to take out of it. I'm going to still yeah. be right with yeah. Shayna Baszler, but this is the definite. Lock of the week for sure. There's Those no way Roman loses. Our, our SummerSlam predictions. Um, are you going to be watching it live? Uh, I wish. I should say it. Zach, work, man. you going to be watching it live? Yes. Uh, my wife is going on a uh, a river excursion. She's going to be gone for three days, like camping, kayaking, and camping. And so just kind of a bachelor or a single parent, not a bachelor. Yeah. Single parent. Yeah, so my kids are going to be right. watching all the shit that I want to watch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Zach looking at his kids going, Fuck you! <laughs> uh, hey, everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, Damien Sandow is 41. Dino Bravo. R.I.P. 74. Sable is 56. Shayna Baszler is 43. Silas Young is 43. Malenko is 63. Frankie Gazarian, 46. Tony Nese is 38. Zach Gibson is 33. And Alexa Bliss is 32. You know, Sable's looked 56 my whole life. For a very long time. That is true. <laughs> There's no doubt. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to. Yeah, we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For my lovely wife, Erin. Check. For Vice. Check. For Tender Mahal. Check. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. For Lucha Chris. For Check. Patriot Pat. Check. For Reba the Dog. For Eddie Check. the Baby. Check. For Millie the Cat. Check. For Xander the Cat. Check. Uh, that's two, two beers, Zach Pullman. That is Jason Cornelius. Check. Kanishwa Bitches. I am Bill Vegi. Black Check. Lives Matter. Check. Support your local weed dealers. Double Support Check. Support your local restaurants. Triple Check. Boo the heels. Boo, bitch.